away right now. Now, Lynn and I have been talking to you about the importance of being a church during this particular serious and difficult times. We've been stressed the importance of individual spiritual growth. We're seeing how much it's really needed that we do this on an individual basis. Now, we are different from the world in which we live because we are the family of God. We are called by the name of God. So our worldview is different and our response is supposed to be different to this serious and difficult situation. We need to social distance ourselves from those three amigos of fear and worry and panic. And instead, we need to trust God, hold on to God because he knows what he's doing and draw near to him with the faith that conquers fear and the hope that calms the worry and the love that stops the panic. I've noticed when things like this happen to us, there are three words that pop into our thoughts and into our conversation. And I want you to say these three words with me. If you were here today, you would be saying them from the audience back to me. So wherever you are right now, unless it's going to be embarrassing, but you should be home anyway, go ahead and say out loud these three words. The word when, say when, if, if, then. When, if, and then. These words are linked to the idea of trust. When bad things happen to us, if God really cares, then why does he allow things like this to happen? When bad things happen, like disease that strikes us or natural events occur, if God really cares, is God really in control? Is God absolutely sovereign is God, the God of love, then why does he allow these bad things to happen? Why doesn't he stop it? What's the purpose of it? The what, the if, and the then is connected to trust. I want you to hold on because God knows what he's doing. I want to recommend to you two books to read that deal with the when and the if and the then. Now, I'm sure you have binge watched Paw Patrol with your kids one season after another, and you're already starting over again. Maybe you've been binging on your favorite TV shows. Maybe you're even binging on shows right now that you would have found boring in the old normal. You know what? I know you have time to read or at least listen to these audiobooks. This is a time to grow. Remember, you are to grow through what you go through. Here's two books. Put them on Amazon. Take a picture of it. On the, or go to our website, the sermon website, after this is over with, and order these two books, When Bad Things Happen to Good People and The Good and the Beautiful God. Now, not, let me ask you a question. Of those two books, where did your eyes initially draw to? To the When Bad Things Happen to Good People or to The Good and Beautiful God? I dare say that we were instantly drawn by our human nature to the title, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. I'm telling you, the best book of the two is The Good and the Beautiful God. Incidentally, those of you in the chat room that's read either one of these books or both of these books, take the time right now to write a little bit of a review about how these books deal with the what, the if, and the then. Now notice, when bad things happen, it's not an if but a when your Lord and Savior Jesus told you that. He said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But notice, take heart, 
I have overcome the world. What Jesus tells us is this. When bad things happen, don't be surprised by it. Trust in him. Draw near to him and be of good cheer. Does God really care about me? Is he really in control? Is he absolutely sovereign? I want to go to a story in the life of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 8. And there Jesus is with some of his disciples on a boat. And they're there on the sea. And the storm begins to hurl itself at the boat, the winds and the waves. And, and the disciples are fearful and frightened and they're worried and they're panicked. And here's Jesus, sound asleep. And as they become more and more panicked and frightened and fearful and worried, they go up to Jesus, wake him up, and they say, Jesus, don't you care? Isn't that what we do with God today as well? Jesus gets up, stretches a little bit. This is Clayton paraphrase, and stands up and goes, why are y'all afraid? Oh, ye of little faith. Jesus turns, he speaks to the winds and to the waves, and he calms the storm. And the disciples say, in amazement, who is this one that even the winds and the waves obey him? If God cares, he does. God is the God in the storm. God is the God of the storm. God is the one who's over all. But you know, then there are things that God allows to happen. And it leads us to the point of saying, Things so much it just drive us to our knees in prayer. And sometimes a storm is so fierce that it causes such a fear of the outcome and the pain that we go through and the circumstances. It's so great sometimes we're like the psalmist in that very first verse of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My deliverance is far from you. My words are so far removed from you of my groaning. You know, Jesus felt that pain, didn't he, in his circumstance? In fact, Jesus quotes from this Psalm 21, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me on the cross? We've got to be like Jesus. We've got to trust. Psalm 21, 22 is not just one verse. It's several verses. So that's why I like Psalm 22, verse 7 through 8. And here's what the psalmist says in that time. To the pain of, has God abandoned me? Is the storm so fierce? Here's what he says. People everywhere turn to the Lord. See, that's trust. All families of the nation worship him. See, that's praise and glory to God. Because the Lord is king and he rules over the nations. He's sovereign. He's the ruler over all. Hold on. God knows what he's doing. Now, here I think is the key. When you take the word when and the word if and the word then and you turn it away from the doubt and the fear and the questioning and you turn it towards trusting in God. You see, God wants us to use this as an opportunity to strengthen our faith and our resilience. And the only way sometimes you can do that is going through some very tough times. And so that's why Jesus says, remember, expect trouble. It's going to come. But when you do, draw close to me, abide in me, and I will give you peace and you won't lose heart. Now, that's what Paul said on our highway of the road we're going through. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 16, he uses the same phrase, do not lose heart. So it's like a sandwich you have. One piece of the sandwich here, bread, do not lose heart. In verse 16, here's the other part of the sandwich, don't lose heart. And in between is the meat. And here's what he says in verse 8 through 10 about not losing heart. He says, look, we're afflicted, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We're struck down, but not destroyed, so that the life of Jesus might be made visible in us all. Hold on, God knows what he's doing. On Thursday morning, around 7 o'clock, this past week, I was getting gas at the gas station. It was $1.58 a gallon. I couldn't pass that up. 
until I heard that my niece in Charlotte only paid 78 cents a gallon this past week for gas. Can you believe that? The man, it's another part of the gas station, the gas booth. I'm over this one. And he starts talking to me from a distance, social distance. Aren't these crazy times, he said. I don't know what to think about all this stuff. I don't know where all this is going to end. But I do know one thing. My God is great and my God is good and my God is in control. And I said, amen. Thanks for telling me that. What a word of encouragement. I doubt if I will ever see that person again. I doubt if we'll ever cross paths again. But that one little 30-second conversation set the whole day for me on Thursday. If you need encouragement, someone else needs encouragement. Take the opportunity to encourage someone. Turn the when, the if, and the then to being thankful, resilient, and faithful. Hold on, because God knows what he's doing. Now, let me wrap this up by going to an Old Testament verse you're so familiar with in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 13 through 14. Did you know that God uses the word when, if, and then? He does. In 2 Chronicles, he says, when there is no rain, when the pests come and destroy the crops, and when there is sickness that leads to the weakness and death of my people. See, the when, it's certain. It's going to happen. You need to expect it. He says, if my people call by my name. Now, there's the difference. The when is going to happen. The if is a maybe. Will my people call by my name, respond in the right way? Will they see this as an opportunity? Or will they operate out of fear, worry, or panic? Or will they use faith, hope, and love? This is what God is saying. I want my people to understand there's a moment in time. You're the church. Be the church. In the wind, act as if you are trusting in God. Turn this opportunity into and get away from this idea of being an obstacle. We wear the family name. He says, if my people call by my name, will humble themselves. We're getting a big dose of humility, aren't we, in our country? We don't know as much as we thought we knew. Our experts aren't experts in everything. We are shocked at how fast our economy collapses. And we're alarmed that this little virus we can't see can do so much damage. And what it's calling for is humility. Oh, pride that shows itself on TV and news conferences and all sorts of people around us with their arrogance is uglier in times of crisis than just even normal times. Humble yourself. That's what God says. You'll do that. And you will pray. Man, we should be in prayer all day long, praying for wisdom, praying for, praying for direction, praying for protection, praying for revival, praying for God, for everyone to turn to God, praying. God says, focus. Look for me in this. See it? Look for me. Don't look at the virus. Don't look at the problem. If you will look for me, to me and at me. If you'll fix your eyes on me, I will get you through this. That's what he calls us to do. Will you do that? That's the it. What will be your response? He says, then it causes reflection, reflection for us. You will turn away from their evil ways. Reflection. It's a time to repent. In my life, I use this opportunity, this moment to draw closer to God and see where there is weakness in my life and sin in my life, and I repent of it. Just recently, someone called me and asked me the question, do you think this is God's judgment upon this time? I said, I don't know anything about that, but I believe it's a great reminder of there is going to be a judgment from God. And I'm quite certain if this was a judgment from God, we wouldn't be asking, is it a judgment from God? We would know that it's a judgment from God. But I think it's in opportunities and moments like this, serious and difficult times when people get sick and die 
And people are going to be stressed by this and be affected by this, that we reflect upon our eternal life. Where are we? Where are we? So it's a time to reflect and a time to repent. For you see, the when is now. The if is now. How you're responding right now is your present moment. The then, don't know when it's going to end. Don't know if it's several weeks, several months, a couple of years. Don't know. But I do know at the end, my God is in control. God says, when, if, then. Then, if you'll do these things, humble yourself, pray, re repent, and turn to him, he says, then I will hear you, I will forgive you, and I will heal your land. That's where I want to put my trust. How about you? In a God who's in control, a God who loves me and gives me that promise. Well, I hope today that this lesson has been an encouragement to you and has helped strengthen.